Hi, this is Ned Siegfried from Siegfried & Jensen. As proud sponsors of BeliefCast, we hope you are inspired by Todd's weekly podcasts, which contain so many courageous stories of recovery and personal growth. Remember, it's not what happened in the past that matters, it's what happens in the future. We invite you all to work hard and be optimistic about your future. Enjoy today's podcast. Welcome back, everybody. This is Todd Sylvester with the Todd Inspires Belief Cast. Once again, as I always say, but it's true, thank you for believing in me. Thank you for supporting this great uh, cause, if you will. We're trying to make a difference in people's lives, inspiring them that if you're struggling, you can overcome anything. I bring people on who have been through a lot in their lives, who are doing good things in their life, who are inspirational, and today's going to be no different. I need to first, though, thank our sponsors, Wasatch Recovery, Siegfried and Jensen, Thread Wallets, and then the music you heard at the beginning of this podcast and at the end is by my good friend Paul Cardall. He's an amazing friend and man and award-winning pianist, and so thank you, Paul, for letting me use your music. You're the best. And again, thanks for tuning in. And uh, today we are joined by Nate Randall. Nate, thanks for being here. Thank you. It's so good to be here. Yeah, this is uh, an honor. We have a mutual friend that connected us, uh, Katie. So shout out to Katie Katie with Live Your Dream Foundation. She's an amazing woman doing great things. And uh, she told me about you uh, a long time ago, as a matter of fact, about a year ago. And and, uh, I was like, man, I really want to get you on my show because I love what you're doing. You're the CEO of Gab. Uh, wireless. Yep. We're going to get into that and what that's all about. It's a it's a safety tech company for kids. And uh, I love what you do there because Thank man, you. that is so needed. And you know it better than I do. But yep. man, I see it all the time, even with my clients that come here in treatment. You know, they might have an, a substance abuse addiction. But man, the phone, social media, all this stuff is a big part of why they're stuck in their in their ways, if you will. So we're going to get more into that. Um, Nate is a husband and a father of four. He places the highest priorities on people and family. He focuses on family directly, translates into his leadership at Gab, where protecting kids and encouraging a stronger connection between families. Man, that connection's huge. We'll say this in my industry, connection's the opposite of addiction. Yep. Right? We're never more fully alive than when we're connected. And again, you've worked with some amazing companies, Nike, Callaway Golf, Qualtrics, Utah Jazz, and then you joined Gab back in you know 2021, and now you're the CEO. And so, man, just it's a pleasure to, to be sitting here with you. No, it's it's my pleasure. Anytime somebody reaches out and wants to talk about safe tech and families, I'm always so you're, flattered. So yeah. I appreciate it. You betcha. So why don't we, you know, before we get into Gab and what you're doing there and all those amazing things, why don't we uh, let our listeners and viewers. Tell us about where you grew up and a little bit about your childhood. Yeah, so I, I'm a Utah kid. <laughs> I grew up in Kaysville. Okay. Just north of Lagoon. Right. And I uh, lived there all my childhood until I moved out and went to the University of Utah. My childhood was interesting, and I think I'll, I'll share there a yeah. bit. Um, my... My biological dad quit on our family when I was five. Mm. So it was my mom, me as the oldest, and then my baby sister, who's two years younger than me. I call her my baby sister. She's right 46 years old, <laughs> but she's still my baby sister. When you say quit, do you mind if I ask, did he like just up and leave? Yeah. Kind of he, okay. Long story, but the short is yeah. he had the opportunity to pay child support. 
and he mm. had the opportunity to be there for at least me and my sister. Okay. And he quit. Okay. Gotcha. And so at five, I found out really fast what a mother's love and care uh, would and could do for me. Mm. I didn't have a, a dad figure for the first seven years of my life. Oh, wow. So when he left at five, my mom was left with next to nothing. And when I say nothing, I remember her, you know, a lot of people try to go back to their first memory. One of mine is her sitting at our kitchen table and we had folding church chairs for our kitchen table that somebody had donated to us. Oh, really? Man. And my mom was sitting at the kitchen table trying to figure out which bill she was going to pay and which ones she was not going to pay. Mm. I'll never forget that. Wow. She was single for a couple of years and then met this incredible individual who's now my, my real dad, my second dad. And they were married for a couple of years and had my little brother. Okay. And then she passed away in a car accident when I was nine. Oh, wow. So by the time I was 10, I had lost both biological parents, one to his choices and, yeah. and my mom to tragedy. And so I was raised by my second dad. And he did it solo. He never got remarried. Really? No. So I'll, I'll stop there. Uh, but, but that's my childhood. I had to grow up really quick. Yeah. Do you mind if I ask? I mean, I, obviously a very heavy situation. How, how did you as a kid, what, what was going through your mind? I mean, what, how did you deal with that? I mean, here you are, this young kid losing both biological parents. I mean, most people don't have that experience. Yeah, I don't know if you do deal with it. I yeah. I was really angry. Mm-hmm. I would go to my friends' houses, and most of them had two parents. Yeah. And I didn't have, I felt like I didn't have any. And so I would question God all the time and, and, and even question who I was, wondering yeah. why every, most had two, everybody at least had one, and I didn't have either of mine. Yeah. So I often felt alone. I was angry. I was confused. And then, um, yeah, I'm emotional today. I don't know why. My, my real dad sat me down mm. and in very clear terms said, you can be a statistic because anybody who loses their mom and dad before the age of 10 has a high probability of not doing much. Right. You have all the excuses in the world. Yeah. Or you can dig in and be somebody. And wow. I can't make you do it. Right. You either have to want your life to be something or it can end up being nothing. It's totally up to you. What a conversation. And I remember as a 12-year-old kid thinking, okay. Oh, man. All right. I got to figure this out. And with his guidance and the love of my grandparents yeah. and my friend's parents, who I consider as you know, as almost second parents. Right. I made it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I'm sitting here, so I made it, I guess. Turn that off. Um, that gives me chills when you said what he said to you. I mean, what a what a powerful statement to tell a 12-year-old. Um, and and obviously you had guidance from that, you know, that um, forward from there. But to be able to have him say that, well, I mean, that's that's remarkable in my opinion. Because you're right, you if you were blowing up your life, everyone would say, yeah, I get it. No one would have argued with it. 
Yeah, and what was crazy is people had the best intentions, but even my neighbors and people in the community would say in front of me, oh, this is the, the little boy or the young man who lost both of his parents. Oh, man. Trying to vocally set the stage for me, like he, we need to give him the benefit of the doubt or we need to give him the excuse or maybe he needs a little bit more love and understanding. Yeah. And I remember thinking that that's what I am. Mm. I, I, I'm the kid who lost. Yeah. So, and I didn't want to be known as that. Right. I, I was the one who had a, a second dad. What are you doing to me, man? I was the one who had a second dad, a real dad who shut up for me every single day. That's what I had. Mm. So yeah. I, I gave him a run for his money. <laughs> Certainly. Yeah. yeah. You're still this. Yeah. What well, high going... school kid, junior high and high school kid doesn't. Right. But, representing his name the right way. And my biological name isn't Randall. My last name is not Randall. Mm. But I decided to make it my last name because of how he raised me and the things he taught me. Wow. Thanks for sharing that. I yeah. know that's heavy, but thank you. Um, it just, again, I think it paints a picture of who you are today, actually. And I, that's why I want our you know listeners and viewers to, to hear this and see it. And uh, so I appreciate you sharing that. So... What, what were you involved with as a kid? Like, did, did you play sports? Did you, what, what were you doing? You know? Yeah, I, I played everything. I was average at everything, but I played everything. <laughs> I played football, baseball, basketball up through high school. And that was my, that's how I filled my time. Yeah. If I wasn't doing homework or at sc some school activity, I was dribbling a basketball around the cemetery by my house or yeah. throwing routes down at the high school with buddies or um, taking BP at the baseball park. Yeah. My dad would often pull into wherever I was and say, you missed dinner. Where are you been? I'm like, I'm just trying to get in more reps. I'm just trying to get. Yeah. So I absolutely love sports. Here's another genius thing my dad told me. Yeah. My mom was meticulous about our rooms. Mm. Had to be cleaned. <laughs> Yeah. Bed had to be made a certain way. Uh -huh. <laughs> and my dad, after she passed a while after said, came into my room and said, I, I want to make a deal with you. If you'll follow my rules, if you'll, if you'll be respectful, if you'll do the things that, mm -hmm. that I'm going to ask you to do, your room is yours. It's not mine. It's your, it's your part of the house. Treat it like, like it's your, your place. Mm. And what I mean by that is you want to make it messy. It's messy. I'll never yeah. question you on it. Yeah. You want to have it clean like your mom wanted it? it can be whatever you want it to be. It's yours, because you're going to need a place where you go and feel like you have a place to retreat. You have wow. a you have a quiet, reserved. This is yours place, and I'm never going to come in and challenge you on anything. Yeah. Like that. Wow. So as soon as I got that green light, <laughs> yeah. I put Michael Jordan posters all along this wall. Ken Griffey that wall. <laughs> Bo Jackson, that wall. And then I had windows here. So I cut out sports illustrated pictures and put it everywhere I could. Nice. And he came in about two weeks after I did it and said, nice artwork. <laughs> Couldn't have been cooler. Yeah. So I used to lay in my room and dream about, man, if I could just be one of these athletes, my life would mm. be better. Interesting. Never played professionally. 5'11", yeah. <laughs> squatty little kid <laughs> with average ability. Yeah. But I got to work at Nike, which was a dream. Oh, all yeah. of my childhood. Okay. All those athletes were Nike athletes. Yeah. 
I watched their commercials and loved them. And then I got an opportunity to work at, at Nike and it was a full circle moment to say, man, I, I used to dream of being one of these athletes and now I'm working with all these athletes. Yeah. It was really cool. That is amazing. God, this, your dad, man, who's this guy, man? Oh, he, he just, is. he had it dialed in. I mean, he's he, next level. He had it figured it out. You know, like he knew what you needed. It sounded like, like yeah. he, you needed that talk at 12, you know, and he knew that you needed this safe place to feel like this is your place to decompress from life. Yep. I mean, that, is, I mean, parents listening to this, I mean, this is, this is really powerful because I think kids need that. They need the, they need sometimes the tough talk, you know, but again, it's your choice. What are you going to do? Yeah. You know, but I think knowing that he allowed you to do it, like, here's what I'm going to tell you, but it's, I can't do it for you. I thought that was one of the most profound things of that story is he said, I cannot do it for you. Yeah. You know? Yeah, he is. So he's still alive today. He's, we just celebrated his 76th. Wow. What's his name? Steve. Steve. Shout out yeah. to Steve. Yeah, he Steve, is. Steve, thank you, man. We call him Atticus from To Kill a Mockingbird. <laughs> yeah. He looks like him. Really? The old black and white movie. Looks yeah. like him, talks like him, man. mannerisms like him. Wow. He is, I've had a lot of incredible, um, a lot of incredible professional mentors in my life. He's my only hero. Wow. I don't I don't take the word hero lightly. I yeah. think it's thrown around with sports heroes, sure. political heroes and heroes of heroes and he's a he is still to this day and I've gone through some stuff in this role that I can't tell anybody else. I call him. He always listens first. And then he says, "Do you mind if I share some perspective?" <laughs> and that's when I just settle in. It's like wow. an owl on my shoulder. Yeah. Yeah. Just giving me all this sage advice. And when he's done speaking more times than not, I say, got it, dad. Wow. Thank you. Appreciate it. Then I roll into Gab the next day and yeah. implement a, his thoughts yeah. and yeah. take credit as if it's my <laughs> own and keep going. <laughs> what a gift. Yeah. Wow. Well, thank you for sharing Steve mm -hmm. with us today. That's, man, I, my, I'm getting emotional just as you're talking about him. So that's amazing. It's truly amazing. So you you know you get your jo your job at Nike you know you're doing that kind of thing you've worked at some other great places and and that kind of thing so tell us kind of what led up to eventually here you are at Gab and 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 then let's get into what Gab's kind of all about and what your mission there is. So my 25 year career, 20 plus of it's been in sports. Nike, Callaway Golf, the Utah Jazz. Yeah. Because I don't outside of my family. And fly fishing and a little bit of golf. I don't care about anything else than sports. I don't watch the yeah. cooking channel. I don't watch the <laughs> history channel. I don't watch home and I just watch sports. Yeah. If I have a minute, I watch sports. Yeah. So the majority of my career was in sports. The challenge with that is it's really hard to be a present dad. Yeah. Because every major sporting moment happens on the weekends. Yeah. So at Nike, you work. It's not like you take the week off and then travel for the sporting events on the weekend. Yeah. You work all week, crazy hours. Then you travel on the weekend and go to the greatest sporting events in the world. And when you're there, yeah. you, it's the greatest thing ever. You're yeah. at the masters, you're totally, at the final yeah. four, you're at the super bowl. And it all sounds incredible until you're missing birthday parties and dance recitals and t-ball games and yeah. religious responsibilities. And it starts to stack up on you. 
I was flying home from New York um, after a sporting event and I had this overwhelming feeling that if I didn't leave Nike, not Nike's fault, my fault, Mm -hmm. that I would get so engrossed into that culture and the experience that I'd wake up and not know my kids. And it was a a pan, almost a panic attack. Yeah. When I landed, I got to our house and we were living in Portland, Oregon at the time. And I, I told my wife, I got to say, I need to say something to you out loud so that I don't hold it in. And when I say it, don't react, just let me say it. And then Mm -hmm. just give me a minute. Yeah. I need to leave Nike. And her eyes just went. (laughs) Yeah. And she said, I said not to say anything, but I'm going to say something. I thought you were going to be here the rest of your career. Hmm. If it were me, not married, no kids, sure. Greatest career experience ever. Yeah. But we got to move back to Utah and we need to be by family and I need to find something that has more balance to it. So I left Nike, moved back to Utah. I won't go through the jobs I've had here, sure. but ended up at Gab because I'm at a point in life where I am, I am doing everything I can to keep my mom's legacy alive mm-hmm. through the live your dream foundation with Katie. Yeah. I'm trying to carry my dad's name the right way. Um, as he gets into his twilight years. Yeah. And I want to be about doing something of value and giving back. And as great as sports is, yeah, the game's over and there's a winner and a loser and you, you wrap things up and head home and what, what true value was in that. Yeah. But at Gab over the last couple of years, I've been able to, with our team do some incredible things and it's been, it's been the most rewarding part of my career. Yeah. What a, what a tough decision, but yet you, there was, your heart was telling you this is the right thing to do. Yeah. Cause again, you don't want to keep missing these things with your children and, Realizing that family's the most important thing to you. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That says a lot about you, Nate. Um, well, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. I got so out of whack mm-hmm. that my biggest mistake I've made as a parent, I believe, my kids may say differently, I gave them smartphones too soon. And when I gave them the smartphone, it was selfish. It was so that I could travel and be a FaceTime dad and justify where I was or how much I was giving to work by being at the ballet recital or the t-ball game through the phone. Wow. And before the game, my kids could say, Hey dad, I'm go get them. And that was my checkbox of, and I don't, of course I wanted to be there, but because I couldn't with work, then I justified it was work. Right. So I gave them smartphones and I won't go through the challenges we've had because everybody has them. But I just gave them to my kids too soon. And then I saw the quick addictions and the dangers to the screen and all the things that were coming at them. And when I heard about Gab, I had to go be a part of it. Yeah. So I want to get into a bunch of things here because I I think especially people who have kids listening and watching this today, they, they would love, they need some advice probably. They're probably like, yeah, this is an issue in my family. I think most families would say this is a problem. Yeah. So I want to get into that here, but tell us what Gab is, why Gab was so appealing to you, and what's the mission there, and what do you guys are, you know, what ultimately you're trying to do to, you know, to keep kids safe. So we're a safe tech company for kids, teens, and families. Yeah. Okay. And we believe in tech. Tech is not going away, so we're not anti-tech, and we're not trying to stop kids from experiencing life, yeah. but we want them to be able to take safe steps into tech. 
And I relate it to swim lessons because it connects with moms and dads. Right. Mike, and I'll speak from personal experience. All my kids have been through swim lessons. I have four kids. And when they go through swim lessons, often mom or dad is at the pool watching the swim lessons just to make sure everything goes good. Mm -hmm. And then even after swim lessons, you may give your kids life jackets or floaties. They have to have sunscreen on. They can't be in the deep end without you. Yeah. You always have to know where they're at at the pool. We're so panicked about swim lessons in water and drowning. Mm. And then we give our kids a smartphone and we put a few parental controls on it and we walk away and we're too busy and have too many things going on to go back and check. And the tension mm. between wow. parents and kids and wanting to check is so real that nine out of 10 parents avoid it. And then two months, five months, two years later, parents are shocked that their kid that has a 4.0 and is the quarterback or the cheerleader or the right. whatever their scholastic achievement is. Yeah. My parents say all the time, I'm, I can't believe he or she is in this much trouble. They're a 4.0 student. Yeah. You gave them a device. They jumped into the tech swimming pool. They're at the bottom drowning. They've been drowning for months. They're yeah. addicted and overwhelmed. Yeah. They're screaming for your help and you haven't seen it. Yeah. So that's why Gab exists. We build safe watches and phones for kids. We strip the adult operating system out of phones. We put oh, okay. in kids operating systems no internet no side loading of apps no social media no addictive games and we allow kids in partnership with their parents to take these steps into text so they can learn how to text and talk before they get into apps and oh, social wow. media and everything else that goes with it wow that sounds amazing so what um what has been the result of doing this like what have you seen and what are maybe some success stories that you've witnessed through this you know, people using this, uh, these devices, you know, and with their families. So the, the story I hear almost daily, whether it's a message or a phone call, a mom or dad or a grandpa, grandma, guardian saying, I have three kids or two kids, our oldest, they almost talk as if they have passed. We lost our 18 year old. Whoa. Lost. Well, I mean, they're addicted to their phone and we, it's just been a real challenge. We wow. can't get them off their phone. Wow. But the 12 year old and 14 year old, we're not making that same mistake. So we put them on a Gab phone and a Gab watch and to see their, the, the way they interact with us. They're not on their screens all the time. Yeah. They're looking up and having conversations. They're outside playing. The phone is used as a, Hey mom, I'm done with practice. Come pick me up. It's not used sitting in a dark basement with Mountain Dew and Skittles yeah. lost in the internet right? with no sense of reality. And so we're, we're literally helping save the connection between parents and kids. Wow. That's amazing. You know, I, you tell me, cause you probably know this better than me. I heard a, a statistic once that the average, and this is like a thing in, in the in United States, the average kid spends about nine hours on the phone. Is that accurate? Is that what you Between know? Between eight and nine. Eight and nine? As I mean, that's a full-time job. As they get older, it's more. So here's what's happening. And we talk to kids all the time. We bring kids in, tell them your parents aren't here. I'm going to give you a, a gift card to go to your favorite little lunch spot. Right. Tell us the truth. And kids will say, I sleep, but not enough. I go to class, 
but I'm not engaged, and then I'm on my phone. Yeah. Those are the three things I do. Where do you fit in friends? I mean, sometimes, but most of the time I'm playing games with my friends through my phone in my room. Yeah. So my 15-year-old, 16-year-old, mm-hmm. it'll be a weekend and I'll say, hey, you going out with your friends? And he'll say, no, we're not doing anything tonight. I said, why? Well, because we're all, we're all just playing this game where we're all, what? Yeah. You're not getting together to go to a movie and pizza? Yeah. Go, go, go do something. Get out. Yeah. But kids yeah. are now just sitting in yeah. their rooms or in their, their dark basements and they don't know how to have personal interaction anymore. Yeah. So it's a problem. Well, and I, I know when I was a kid, I mean, obviously there was no social media. And again, I understand the challenge, but you know, everyone was outside playing. Yeah. We were riding bikes. We we're playing hide and seek. We're throwing the ball. We're kicking the ball. We're doorbell ditching people. We're, yeah. we're toilet paper in the neighbor. I mean, like we're out there doing things and you don't see that so much anymore. Matter of fact, I saw, I heard something, this was years ago and this was even before things really got kind of maybe out of hand with the phones where a lot of kids were growing up not knowing how to throw a baseball. Yeah. Like, because they're playing, they're in, they're playing the, you know, Xbox and the Playstations and yeah. they're just, you know, that's kind of where things kind of started with the, with the games and mm-hmm. they weren't going outside anymore. And so, man, that's one of the t- tough challenges that I see today. I'm like, oh, and I'll tell you, I, I were, when I got alarmed about all this is I watched uh, Social Dilemma. Yeah. I wanted to shred my phone after I watched that thing. I wanted yeah. to like literally go, what am I doing here? And so what, what are some other things that you're seeing that are these just, what's, what's happening to us? I mean, I'll go to a restaurant and everyone's in the waiting room just doing this. No yeah. one's talking. And I'll, I've made it a point for myself and I'm working on it. I'm not saying I'm perfect at it, but I'll put my phone in my pocket and, and I'm like the oddball. Yeah. Everyone else is just on their phone. I'm just trying to stare and look around and, you know, people watch. I don't know. What do you, what are you seeing? What, what's... What, what can you help us with here? <laughs> As we talk to kids in their, in the different way, the different terms they use, what they're telling us is I've never felt more alone. Hmm. Never felt more alone. I'm in a room with friends and everyone's on their devices and I'm with 10 people, but I've never felt more alone. Wow. That's, that's I'm in lot. my kitchen with my parents, but both of them are on their phones and I'm trying to talk to them at the kitchen counter about something I need or, and they're telling me just a minute more times than they're having the interaction with me. Mm. I've never felt more alone. Wow. So the, there's all these different words and terms that kids tell us, but the summary is the devices make them feel so lonely, right? Lonely because they're on social media, watching their friends. If I didn't get invited to something in high school, I either didn't hear about it. Yeah. Or it was two weeks later after it was over. Yeah. I was like, wait, what'd you guys do? When was like, that? Oh, we went up the canyon. Yeah. We went, right. How did I miss that? Yeah. And it's like, ah, oh, I missed it. Yeah. Today, kids sit at home and watch their friends, quote unquote friends, do something on social media, which is a very clear indicator you weren't invited. Yeah. And now kids to bully will post pictures of video of parties and experiences and things they're doing to let you know. You're not here. You're out. Ooh. And it stacks on a kid. Big time. And sitting right next to their parents in the kitchen, they've never felt more alone. Wow. So it is, as much as we believe in tech, 
tech, I think, more than anything else, is the biggest challenge for our kids. Because when they feel lonely, what do they turn to? All the dangers and addictions. All the dangers, everything that's out there. If I'm in a room with friends and they're not going to pay attention to me, then I'm going to go find something that makes me feel better. If I'm in my house with my family and they're ignoring me because they're on their phones, I'm going to go find something that makes me feel better. Right. And that's when the trouble starts. It does. And and it's, it's almost like we need it as an adults too. I mean, Oh, honestly, yeah, we can't manage them. And then we're, (laughs) then we're really frustrated with our kids when they don't manage them. Yeah. You know, I have, um, you know, I work with a lot of, uh, clients in my outside practice and a lot of them are younger high school age in junior high. And I have this one female client that I was working with where she comes into her session. She's having a bad day. I'm like, what's wrong? What's, you know, tell me what's going on, you know? And, and she's like, you know, I've been unread on Snapchat by so-and-so, someone that she was, you know, had a crush on or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, what? I, I didn't even know what that meant. What is what, unread? What does that mean? Well, yeah, I've, I've sent something and he hasn't read it. I'm like, it tells you that they haven't read it? Yeah. And then, and then she goes, and then I, I'm watching his location through via Snapchat. Oh, no. Um, there, he went to this party that I wasn't invited to, like you were just referring to a yeah. minute ago. And now she's feeling, not only is this guy ignoring her, now she wasn't invited to this party where all her other friends supposedly went because she can tell all of them on their, you know. So here's this device telling her, hey, you are alone. Yeah. No one wants you. And that's the message she received. And she was having a rough day. So what is she feeling? She's feeling depressed. She's having thoughts of not wanting to be here. Chokes me up. Which leads to, like you said, there's all these other things out there that now are more appealing. Then she gets caught up on her phone and she's looking at things she shouldn't be looking at. And But then she almost gets this no care attitude. Well, yeah. no one likes me anyways, da, 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 da. And it's just like this snowball effect. And so it's tough to watch that. So I'm, I'm grateful that I have you on today because hopefully we can, I know a lot of people know about you, but if we can get more people knowing about you and what your mission is and how you can maybe help save some of these kids and even families, if you will, because you're talking about connection here. That's what's missing. Yes. Real connection. The key to connection, the world has never been more connected. Yeah. If you ask, people will tell you, I've never been more connected. I, I have my laptop with me. I have my, my phone. I have my iPad. People can get in touch with me 24 seven. Right. And what we're trying to tell people is that you have to disconnect to connect. If you don't disconnect and you always stay connected to what the world considers connection, yeah, your kids will get lost. And, and that's what is so challenging for us. Again, right. As we are trying to educate parents to say, they, they will tell us on the surface. I never been, I'm, I'm connected to my kids. Hmm. I, I know you are, but have you ever disconnected? Yeah. To connect with your kids. Yeah. Have you ever put your phone in a basket for the entire weekend? Yeah. And just fully invest. I can't do that. I've got. Yeah. I can't, but I can't, but you can. can you really you? can. Yeah. And that's the problem is we become so digitally yeah. and technically connected that we're not disconnecting to connect in the ways that matter most. Right. Yeah. Cause you know, when you and I are growing up, I mean, I, I used pay phones. Yeah. <laughs> I got to have a quarter in my pocket. Yeah. yeah. We would pull over at the Sev. I would call my friend on a payphone. Hey, are you home? Yeah. Yeah, you're home. Yeah, because you're obviously answering the phone because, right? Yeah, exactly. Hey, we're on our way up. Yeah. Just wanted to make sure you were there kind of thing. Yeah. And it's just funny how, like you're saying, 
like it is possible. We can put our phone up for a weekend. You know, I have a friend that I, a really good friend of mine where he goes golfing, he keeps, leaves his phone in his car. Cause he's like, if I'm going to go golf, I'm going to be present with the people I'm with. And sometimes it's his own kids. Yeah. We're going golfing. There's no phone. Don't need it. I'm with the people I need to be with. Yeah. Or when they go into a restaurant, leave the phone in the car. I'm with my family. Why do I need my phone? Yeah. You know, it's in a call that's more important than that. Exactly. So let's yeah. be here and that kind of thing. So I appreciate what you're saying there. Um, so what what can you, can you give some suggestions to us? I mean, obviously your products are amazing, um, but is there some other things that maybe you can kind of share with us? Is how can we connect better as family outside of just the social stuff uh, that we have on the phones? We're we're learning and finding that if you don't have a tech plan, mm. you don't have a shot. It's just going to get worse and worse and worse. Wow. And so, as it gets worse, you start to feel like you're losing control. And then when you've totally lost control, parents say to me, I, I can't take my kid's phone. I can't. If I took the phone, I wouldn't have a relationship with my kid. Are you the parent or is the device the parent? Mm. So if you don't have a tech plan as a family, then you're setting yourself, your family up to have a tech problem. Wow. And I'd rather have a tech plan than a tech problem. And you're talking like having something written down. This is what we're going to do. Yeah. And it can be very basic to start. Yeah. Some some families want to get pretty complex with, with the rules and regs and others. It's just, there will not be a phone at the dinner table. We eat every night between this time and there's no phones at the dinner table at nine o'clock at night or 10 o'clock at night. The phones of anybody under 18 are turned off and turned in. Yeah. They're charged down in mom and dad's bedroom or they're charged in the kitchen. Mm. We won't have phones during this period of time during the night for study time. So yeah. no one's getting their homework done. We're not sitting on the couch playing games. And then at 1130 at night, we're trying to get our homework done. You have to decide what the right tech plan is for your family. But if you don't proactively communicate it as the parent or guardian, yeah, you're going to have a tech problem. Yeah. And tech problems are Im- almost impossible to change. Because once a kid is deep into that tech problem, you now have to go have the conversation anyway. You have to deal with all the fallout anyway. Right. Is it not better to be in front of it a bit and have some yeah. form of, of rules? Yeah. So that it doesn't totally get out of control. Yeah. You know, I think one of the biggest challenges of that is kids will push back and say, well, like their best friends, well, they got their phones. Yeah. You know? You know, so and so's got a phone. How am I going to connect with my friends? You know, I'm going to be the I'm going to be the weirdo of my friend group because I don't have this, this or that. You know, how how does a parent deal with that? Because I think that's one of the biggest pushbacks is they'll say, "Well, they've got one." It is, you know, and, or and every conversation's <laughs> different. Yeah, the reality is you can't be the cool parent all the time. Yeah, you either have to be the the parent that's proactively engaged or the cool parent. Yeah, cool parents. Let it roll. And their kid gets to go say, I have this and I have that. I don't have any rules. I get it. I get to do whatever I want. An engaged parent has to have a tech conversation with their kids. It, yeah. You will get a smartphone, but it will be at this age. L- let's not sit here and debate it every, every weekend. Yeah. We're not week, yeah, every month. It's point. not, yeah. this, this, we're not going to debate this. Yeah. I'm the parent. I love you. I'm invested in your well being. You're going to get a smartphone at X and tell them these are the steps we're taking in tech to learn how to manage it together. 
so that you're responsible with how you, you go about it. The, yeah. the text that kids have shared with me and the bullying that is taking place on those text threads, it's so out of control that kids are, kids are getting bullied more digitally now than they are in person. Mm. And what happens in a lot of scenarios is a group text will start with the intent of bringing someone in that that group wants to bully. Invite them to the group text. Then beat them down, tell them what you think of them, embarrass them, and then the thrill is watching them exit the group text. And then it's like, whoa, brought them in, destroyed them. Wow. And look, just left the group text. We did it. Yeah. But those kids would never do it to that same kid or a group of kids would never do that to a kid face-to-face. Yeah. But now digitally spread out across the city, they can yeah. destroy each other. Right. And there's no accountability. Wow. So it is, tech is such a good thing, but unmanaged and it is burying our kids. It's, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, again, I don't know all the, I'm not an expert in this by any stretch, but I, with my clients that I deal with who are dealing with all kinds of issues, a lot of them substance abuse issues and things like that. Man, when I ask them, like I, I had this 12 year old that I was uh, meeting with this uh, girl and she's coming to see me because she's depressed. I mean, just even having thoughts of suicide, right? Yeah. And poor girl just struggling, you know? And I always do this with the younger kids. I, I say, how much time are you spending on your phone? And then without fail, they'll go, I don't know, a couple hours a day. I go, do you want to check? So I go, let's check. I'll check mine along with yeah. you. So we go, go to the screen time thing. And this girl's like, literally her eyes just go like this. And I go, what does it say? She says, eight and a half hours. Yeah. And then I said, what are your top uh, three most uh, apps that you use the most? And it was uh, Snapchat, Instagram, TikTok. And I looked at her and I said, this is why you're depressed. Because of this. Because I go, you're, you're working a full-time job with overtime on your phone just by the time you spend. Now you're trying to put school into it, hanging yeah. out with family, going to, going to your religious services on Sunday, and whatever your life is, and you somehow find eight and a half hours a day to be on this. And so I have found helping her get to whittling that down to like two hours a day, which we did. It took a minute. Oh, nice. It took a long minute, yeah. but we got there. And I'm not kidding you, Nate, to see the countenance of this girl just by doing that. We worked on other things too. I'm not saying there wasn't other things to work on. There was. Yeah. But to see the way she changed in front of me, I was just going, and I even looked at her, go, don't you feel so much better? She's like, I can't believe how good I feel. I said, that's and that's incredible. So I go, yeah, there's good out there. Yeah. I go, if you're going to go on there, look for something good, something that's uplifting that's going to bring you up, make you feel good. Leave the rest. And that's really what she had been doing. So it's it was just remarkable just to see the change in her. So that's for really parents cool. out there, I mean, see how much time your kids are spending on that phone. And if you can help them whittle that down as part of the tech plan, right? Yeah. Hey, our plan here is we're going to spend this much time on the yes, phone. That's, that's it. Yes. Right? So I would imagine that would be a part of a good tech plan. And so anyway, it's just it's, it's um, unfortunate that it's happening, but there are things that we can do. Yeah. You know, that's why your company is so amazing that what you're doing, like, yeah, it really it, is. We're, we're making a difference every day. 
one of the places where we've been able to make a significant impact is with single parents. And mm. I'm sure you have oh yeah, um, single or solo moms or dads that, that listen. There's we, We've listed a lot of the things that are challenges with tech, but the beauty of tech can also be I've had, because I grew up in a single parent home, I do everything yeah. I can to support single parents. And for so I sure. try to give as much product away for free mm. and then give them a year or so worth of service. So wow, with zero stress, awesome. they can be connected to their kids. It's amazing. When you look at what I'll, I'll use a single mom in Boston as an example. She yeah. has two kids, 10 and eight. She lives in an apartment outside of Boston. She has three jobs. Living in Boston, three jobs for this little apartment. So when school is in, her kids have to take the um, public transportation to school, and she goes to work the other way. She couldn't afford a home phone, and she couldn't afford a an adult wow. full-plan smartphone. Right. So she would tell the kids, come home at X time, lock the door. I have, I have to go to two of the three wow. jobs today and the anxiety she would feel of not yeah. being able to get in touch with them because she didn't know if they got into the apartment. Okay. If they, mm-hmm. if they got the, the food that she left in the fridge. So we give her a free, a couple of free phones and free service. And she reaches out two weeks after we've given it to her. And she said, I don't know how to tell you this, but I'm sleeping through the night. Wow. That's I'm more awesome. focused at my job. Mm-hmm. And it's all because I now know I can safely get in touch with my kids. I can give my 10 year old the gab phone. Yeah. I know he's not on the internet, social media or addictive games. It's simply a, when I call you, you answer, or if you need me, you call. And when I'm getting on the train to go to my second job, I call him and say, are you in the apartment safe? Is the door locked? Have you got the food? Yeah. And to just hear them say, yes, mom, we're safe. And not having to right. anticipate or wonder if they're safe for another four hours till I get home has been life-changing. Wow. So That's amazing. Tech can be a challenge, yeah. and it's often even viewed as a, a negative or bad thing, but there are so many instances where if used the right way and it's tech for good, it can change lives. Yeah, absolutely. Really impact. And that's proof right there. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that story. That's yeah. that's amazing. And again, that's probably why you've connected so well with Katie and her foundation that she does and all the good she's doing with single parents and, and moms especially. And so that's, that's really amazing. So if someone wants to know more about Gab and they want, they want to get involved, they want to get some products, they want to, what's the best way for them to do that? How do they do that? Gab.com. So it's G-A-2-B's, G-A-B-B.com. We're also on Amazon. We have one watch and a couple of phones. We, we talk on our website about the safe steps in tech. So we, our watch is for age range of 6 to 12. Okay. We have some younger, some older, but that's yeah. the range. The watch is a perfect way for a kid to step into tech, have it on their wrist so they don't lose the phone. They don't have a phone in their little pocket. Right. They can call mom and dad or guardian. They can text, mm. but there's no access to the internet. Mom and dad get to control the contacts on the phone. So they know exactly who can get in touch with them. Then we have a, the next step is a, a lockdown phone that has very basic apps on it, but it's the first step into a phone. And then we have a more flexible option that we're coming out with that uh, teens and or tweens and teens can use. Right on. It has more apps, school apps, religious apps, some of the sports apps. Right on. So yeah, we're gab.com. 
and uh, we've been That's around great. for about four years, and uh-huh. we're growing, and it's going really well. Yeah, I bet. And again, it's it's so needed. And I think I think a lot of times parents are going, I don't know what the solution is, and here you're you're providing a solution. Like if not not that it fixes everything, yeah. but here's an option that you guys can do. We'll help. You know, tech plans are important. We can help there. I mean, there's some things out there that parents can actually start taking charge of this, right? Yes. Yeah. And Gab's a great place to do that. Yeah. It, it, parents say, well, I don't have the time. But I can tell you that when your kid's in trouble with the dangers and addictions of the phone, it's going to take more of your time. Yeah. And that's not even trying to sell a Gab device. If you go another sure. route, right. just be engaged right. up front. Because the tears and and anger and frustration from parents that I hear every week is, I wish I would have invested the time. I wish I would have made more time. I wish I would have, I wish I would have had a plan. Yeah. Because now your kid's in trouble and it's on you and it's it's overwhelming, and it's really hard to turn it around. Yeah. A kid addicted to a device is a kid that's going to struggle. Absolutely. It's, it's really hard. It's just like it. any other addiction. Yeah. It really truly is. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Um. I want to ask you a question. Um, if there's someone listening to your voice right now who's struggling, they're in a dark place, they're just having a rough time, what would you tell that person right now? Um, I've been there. When I, when I buried my, my mom, when I attended her funeral as a, as a little kid, I thought that's the last time I'd ever have to bury anyone that was really close to right. me. And then um, my wife and I lost our second child at full-term birth. Oh, wow. And I had to bury my daughter next to my mom. Her name was Kate. She'd be 17. Oh, man, I'm sorry. And months after that, I didn't want to get out of bed. I didn't want to go to work. I didn't want to socialize with anybody. So I've been at the very bottom and there is, there's hope on the other side of, of the bottom. Mm, Don't give up. Yeah. You've got to just keep pressing forward one day at a time. And I made it through it. And my, my hope is that somebody is that's feeling at the end or at the bottom that they can, they can bounce back and get to a better place. Wow. Sorry. That may have been too long. No, no, no. Beautifully said. Thank you. Um, I have a quote actually on the wall by Pablo Picasso. Do you mind reading that to our listeners and viewers? Yeah. The meaning of life is to find your gift. The purpose of life is to give it away. And if that doesn't sum up your life, honestly, look what you went through. I really believe this. I believe life happens for us. You went through a lot of tough things as a kid. A lot of kids don't go through losing both parents. Um, but I think it happened for you because look at what you're doing now because you're making a difference, especially in your, you have this, your heart really goes out to these single moms. Yeah. And you, it wouldn't have been on the level had you not gone through what you went through. So I, as, I, as I listen to your story, in my head I'm going, man, this is just all happened for him to get you to the place where you're at with Gab, you know? Yeah, I... So much of what I get to experience in this part of giving back mm-hmm. is what keeps me feeling extremely close to my mom's legacy. Yeah. And when I'm not giving back, 
when I'm focused on me or I'm focused on gain or I'm focused right. on profit, yeah, I don't feel that sense of, of her closeness. And when I'm, when I'm engaged in giving, it's when I feel at, at my very best. It's when yeah. I feel true peace. I love that. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for being here, Nate. Thank you. Seriously, this was fun. Thank you. And thanks for being vulnerable and sharing some really heavy things. That means a lot to me, and it means a lot to those who are listening and watching this today. I just, I really do believe we all have a story. We all have our struggles. We all have our battles. And, you know, your your, your life story is no different. And I just, this, again, we're connecting here, and this is so cool. So I can't thank you enough for spending some time with us today to share what what you did with us today. I really appreciate the invite. Best of luck with everything you're doing. Um, I encourage all of you to to reach out to to Nate through Gab, gab gab.com. Check out what he's doing. If you're struggling with your kids, if you're struggling yourself with your phone or whatever it is, reach out to Nate, please. Um, I'll put the the links in the show notes so people will be able to get right to it. Thank you. And... uh, Please, if you can't get a hold of Nate or whatever, or can't figure out, reach out to me and I'll get you guys connected. But thank you for tuning in. Thank you for believing me. Again, thanks to my sponsors. That means a lot that you would believe enough in me to let me do these things. And I love you guys. If you have a family or friend or even a child or anyone struggling with these things, have them listen, send them a link to this episode. Have them listen to this. Have them watch it on YouTube. Um, let them look at it and let them hear this. And it'll be a good way to maybe even break the ice. Like, hey guys, we need to do something different as a family. Let's up our game. Let's get a tech plan. Let's do something different. Let's get our lives back. Let's connect kind of thing. So once again, Nate, Nate Randall, you're the best. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Take care, everybody. Love you guys. Till next time.